how is everybody? Okay, so there's two people doing okay. Uh, everybody else? Okay, there's a bit more there. Has everybody settled into winter? Okay, good. There's one other that's saying yes and enjoys winter. Good. I'm with you, Zach. I love, I've, I love winter. Um, this is my favourite time of the year, not just for footy, but I enjoy, I enjoy the cold. Um, and thanks, Mike, for bringing this. There were a couple of people who groaned when I, when I came in this morning and put that up there because they know that I can't draw. Um, so it's all good. You don't have to sit through any bad drawings. It's just going to be a few words, which is something that I, I can do. Anyway, this morning's message is one, uh, you know, that I, I struggle with this concept myself and have to work on every day, as we all kind of do. And I know that that's not a really uh, appetizing or appealing way to start a message, but that's okay, because we're family, and so we can be vulnerable and real with each other. And this topic is something that kind of requires that. Before I start, though, I want you to do something. And I realize that this is probably going to make the majority of the people in the room uncomfortable. And that's okay. Because sometimes we need to be stretched. And so my message today focuses on the topic of worship. And a part of worshiping God is talking about Him. So I want you to, to pair up preferably with someone you don't know or don't know well. And I want you to share something about what God has been speaking to you. And if you don't know God or aren't sure how to tell if it's His voice, I want you to share something that you've been learning recently. So, you've got a couple of minutes. Pair up and share. Okay, so how did everybody find that? Who was okay going up to potentially a complete stranger and having a deep and meaningful conversation? How, how'd that go? There's a few chuckles. Mostly though, who was encouraged by actually hearing what is going on with other people? Yeah, and that was, that was the plan. You know, we when we worship God, often we find that we are encouraged through that and we find joy through actually worshipping God. And by doing this, coming together and, and sharing what God's putting on our heart, that's actually worshipping Him, because it's putting Him above everybody else and everything else. And that brings us joy, and it brings us encouragement. So let's pray, and I'll get into my message. Father God, we thank You for the immense privilege that it is to come together in Your house and worship You and honour You and sing praises to you and Father, I pray that you would speak your words through my lips this morning, and that we would, that your truth would set in and on our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, in today's message, I want us to see how the Apostle Paul encourages us to live with a lifestyle of worship, and not to just do it sporadically or when others are watching, but to take it into every facet of our life. You know, in the early stages of my Christian walk, I didn't really understand what worship was. I think I had this perception of it as being in a big cathedral where everybody's in hushed tones and you're in a suit and a tie and you couldn't, couldn't dance, couldn't do this. It was a really bizarre thought. It was almost like you had to dot the I's and cross the T's. Maybe not quite that extreme, but you get my drift. It felt like a thing you could only do at a certain place and at a certain time. 
What I have learned, though, is that that mindset was and is flawed. And worship looks different for all of us. It can be jumping while the band leads us in songs. It could be falling to your knees or lying down during prayer or, or during those songs. It could be writing or drawing the things that God is speaking. It's doing whatever God kind of compels you to do as an act of worship. Worship has a flavour that is distinct to how God has created each and every one of us. The only constant is the God that we worship. And so that leads me to this lifestyle of worship I've talked about. If you have your Bible or smart device, or maybe you've memorised this scripture, or you can just look at the screen, I want you to, to turn or scroll or look up to Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. And you know, you can't script it. Um, I was chatting with, with Matt in the, in the break who shared communion this morning and he obviously shared from Romans 12 verse 2 and we were both going, oh, have we heard correctly? And then when we saw that each other were sharing from the same thing, we're like, yep, cool. Holy Spirit definitely wants to say something this morning then. So Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Some other translations will say this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. I love this scripture. It's, uh, it's definitely one of my favourites. While it's only two verses, there is so much truth, encouragement, direction, purpose, and yes, a little bit of a challenge. So it has a bit of everything. What catches my eye when reading it, though, is the use of the language. So it's two, two distinct things. There's B... transformed is the first one which is good because it means that it's not just a one and done thing the whole notion of be transformed is it's an ongoing thing the word be is means that we actually have to choose it and to do it but then the other one is to offer ourselves so we've got two statements here to offer and be transformed. We've got to present, this is the means of presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice and fulfilling our spiritual act of worship. And looking at this, it's something that we actually have to initiate. This whole being transformed thing, we have to initiate that. We've got a God and a Holy Spirit that, that takes us from death to life, but the whole notion of continually being transformed, we actually have to put ourselves into those positions to be transformed. We have to choose that. So what does worship actually mean? Spend some time this week exploring definitions of the word, and here are some of the results. So you've got to show reverence and adoration for, to, reg to regard with great or extravagant love, devotion and honour. And then a few individual words, adore, praise, glorify, exalt, devotion, bow down before. 
And, you know, I read those things and I think of, um, you know, Jesus is with his disciples in the temple court and people are coming and giving their offering and there's, a, there's an old lady who comes and gives two coins and he, he talks to his disciples about who, who's giving more, this lady giving two coins or people who are, who are giving more. And he says the, it's this old lady because she's giving all of what she has. She's giving all out of her lack because she's worshipping her God and knows who her God is. You know, that's exalting. That's, that's devotion. I think of David dancing in the streets in what would probably have been undergarments so he's the king of Israel dancing in his undergarments while the presence of God is being brought into the city. That's, exalt, that, that's exalting God. That's glorifying God. You know, these are, are things we all speak and we sing about. But do we fully understand the extent of what worship is? And I know that I don't always live with this at the forefront of my mind. But I need to and corporately we need to. One definition, though, stands above all others for me. So Webster's Dictionary back in 1828, a good vintage, says that worship is to honour with extravagant love and extreme submission. I love that. Worship is to honour with extravagant love and extreme submission. So in other words, true worship is defined by the priority that we place on who God is in our lives and where God is on our list of priorities. Worship, therefore, is a conscious choice we have to make, that whole be transformed and to offer. We've got to make that choice to offer ourselves as a sacrifice. We've got to make the choice to be transformed and have our minds renewed. You know, Jesus simplified the Ten Commandments during his time on earth into two statements. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. And so these are things that we have to actively choose to engage those things to love God. And then to love your neighbour as yourself. I subscribe it to the Christian GPS, God, people, self. Is the order of of loving God first, loving people and then ourself. You know, and these are a conscious choice to love God and to love your neighbour as yourself. You know, in principle, they're easy enough to follow and understand. Not always as easy to live out. But here's where worship comes in. If we are fully aware of who God is and who Jesus is as the object of our devotion, we choose to be like him. That's honouring. That glorifies him doesn't matter what's going on around us. God is still God and still good and worthy of our worship. Amen? But it's not just choosing it when we feel like it. It's all in. It's all of us for all of him. We can't just pick and choose what we use or give as worship. And we can't pick which characteristics of God we choose to worship. It's all or nothing. And that's hard. And it takes a lot of discipline and focus. So I think of a a, a movie, The Karate Kid. Not the the recent one with Jaden Smith and um, Jackie Chan, but the original back in, I think it was in the 80s. Um, And so there's a 
if you don't know the story, there's a, there's a teenager who is copping a lot of flack from, he's moved to a new city and the, the other kids there are giving him a bit of stick and he comes across a Japanese guy who's a bit of a handyman and he ends up teaching him karate as a means of defending himself. And so Mr. Miyagi is the Japanese handyman and Daniel, they bond and so the former begins to teach Daniel karate. I was almost said karaoke then, but <laughs> who knows, maybe that happened too. So he teaches karate, but not as you'd expect. He goes through the motions to paint the fence. It's up and down. And then you've got the, the wax on and the wax off. Everybody knows that. See, Daniel gets bored and he tries to take shortcuts, ignores the process, and at times pushes through for the wrong reasons. Sound familiar to our lives at times? You know, while these apparent mundane and everyday tasks don't seem to be anything spectacular, they taught Daniel the importance of practice, of discipline, of the importance of being transformed and going from one place to another in order to fulfill what was in front of him. And this isn't a once-off action church. It's an ongoing process. Every day we need to choose to be transformed by the Holy Spirit within us and by the truth of the Word of God. You know, I love what Steve preached last week. If you, haven't, if you weren't here, it's online, Bayside Church, weekly message, Frankston. And Steve shared about the importance of spending time in the Word of God, exploring the mysteries of of God and, and, and the revelation of who He is. You know, spending time in the Word changes us for the good. Boys are going to put up uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verses 16 to 17. Again, you may know this one. Uh, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's pretty clear what the Bible does. There is always something that we can get out of his word. Let it come alive. You know, it is a living word that transforms us from the inside out. And it's clear for us. You know, while sometimes complicated, it is clear. It's easy enough to understand when we spend enough time in it and listen to the Holy Spirit. Unlike flat pack instructions from Ikea, which can be like... <laughs> Reading Egyptian hieroglyphics sometimes. For somebody who's not handy at all, I open that thing and I've got no idea. That's why Emma puts most of those things together. Don't just... Hey, I, I'm, I'm comfortable enough to say that, you know. But don't just read it though, you know. We've got things like highlighters and pens where we can highlight things, we can underline things, we can write little notes in the margins... You know, because that's a reminder to us that God was speaking to us through that at some point. So let's go back and look at it and go, okay, God, what were you saying? What do you want to say to me now? Look back on it. Are we putting ourselves in a position to be transformed by it and by Him? Prayer is another thing that transforms us. The more we speak to Him and spend time in His presence, the more He speaks to us and the more that we become like Him because we know who He is. You know, if we love someone, we communicate with them. Husbands and wives know that. We cannot 
live in harmony if we aren't on the same page, i.e. husbands, when our wife asks us to do something, we do it. Happy wife, happy life. That's what we're supposed to do, you know? And that happens via communication, you know? God hears us and he listens. But are we putting ourselves in a position to be transformed by hearing from him and listening to what he speaks? So when it comes to prayer, come along every Wednesday at 7.30 because we pray. Yeah, every week. And I'm going to quickly get Terence to just um, come up and briefly share what you've said to me about how you felt transformed through the prayer night. So do you want to come up? I get quite emotional sometimes when I talk about what God's done for me in my life. But um, I used to try and stop the tears from coming, but I find myself fighting against God, so I don't do it anymore. I just let him have his way. <laughs> um, I... I Gave my testimony a few months ago when um, I talked about how I was backslidden for quite a few years. But before I, backs- before I backslid, I was in a church split, which caused a lot of bad attitudes in me and, and um, a lot of bad ideas. So uh, when the Lord called me back about two and a half years ago, he called me back to this church and, um, and uh, I came with all those bad ideas and those bad uh, attitudes. So I hid in the corner over there for a good part of the first year. And I'd sneak out the back. Sometimes I wouldn't come to church. Um, you know, it was just, you know, I could come to church. I could not come to church. It didn't really bother me. But I, I knew that, because I knew how God, real God was in my life from, from my first experience with, with, with him. And, and I knew I, I, I needed more in my life. I needed more of God in my life. Um, so the following year, I, I sort of just drifted in. I, I got a bit closer. I sat in the front uh, second, second row there. So things were getting better for me. Um, and then, um, so last year, I sort of just made my, my way through church, still, you know, coming up with weak excuses. You know, oh, I've got to do my washing. I haven't done my washing. Oh, I'll just do my washing. I just won't go to church. And, and, that's how, and that's how much you know how committed you are to, uh, to this church. And I really wanted a home. Like, um, and, and I never ever felt that this church was my home. And it wasn't because of the people. Um, it was because of what was going inside inside of me, and um, I think it was um, over Christmas time. I think I took off. I was off church for about two months. I was away from church for about two months, and and when I got back, everyone was happy to see me, which was great. <laughs> and then then um, Jimmy Jimmy started the prayer meeting, and I thought, you know, prayers always prayers always always really good. Prayer meetings are, are, are so good. And um, I decided to come along, along to the prayer meetings, and and um, and, and um, I thought, you know, we're going to pray pray for the church and pray for people and everything. But I didn't realise that God was going to do a work in, in, in inside of me, rather than you know. And, and I and and I really felt that the Lord the Lord was doing something inside of me because um, I wasn't looking at myself anymore. I wasn't I wasn't looking at, at my bad attitudes. Um, uh, um, you know, being, uh, being, being critical, I became, instead of being a critic, I became a creator, and, and I really felt that, that by us coming to church and, and praying every Wednesday, we were actually creating an atmosphere for, for, um, for that moment and for every Sunday morning that we meet. Yeah. And, and the Holy Spirit's really done something, and, and, um, and, and uh, the, the, the prayers that, 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 were, were, that I was praying praying out for other people was doing a healing inside of me. It's awesome.
thanks, Terence. Um, you know, they are amazing. And for me, like, we were doing it once a month last year, and then during the 40 days of Lent, we said, okay, we'll do it every Wednesday night. And halfway through, I just felt that this is doing something, not just for our church, but this is doing something inside of me. And I know you've just heard Terence say the same thing. M says the same. Mike, who's faithful and comes along and leads and opens the place up, you know, there's an amazing group. Karen's there. Danielle's there most weeks. You know, it's doing something inside of us. It's putting ourselves in a position to be transformed. And we've got to make sure that we're doing that. You know, so I encourage you to come along every Wednesday, 7.30, and be a part of it. You know, another way we can be transformed through our worship, and we saw it in news not too long ago, is baptism. You know, I didn't understand the depth of, of what that actually meant when I got baptised. And now I'm completely awed when people choose to publicly declare Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, to worship him. And it is, you, you know, for me, it, the significance is we go under to symbolise our sin being buried and we come out of the water to symbolise rising as a new creation or being transformed. To me, baptism is a literal response to Romans 12, 1 and 2. So it's in July, if you want to be baptised, come and chat to me. It'll be awesome. You know, some other options. We've got our emergency food program, you know, the, the yellow bin at the back. Bring those non-perishable things that we can give to people in our community. And I've been told we've had a... We, we, we need some pasta and chocolate and lollies and cereals at the moment because we've had a few uh, little friends come through and get into some of the packets of things. So specifically, specifically, yeah, pasta and chocolate and lollies and cereal. We fixed the problem apparently, so uh, that's interesting. Anyway, moving on. Another way to worship God is through giving. You know, our time, our energy, our, ta our talents, yes, our finances, all of that is giving. It's worshiping God. It's glorifying Him and exalting Him above everything else in our hearts and in our lives. You know, we, we shared communion together this morning. Communion is another way of worshiping God, you know, and it's just hanging out together, fellowshipping together. That's worship. So, you know, Em and I are going to go out for lunch after church if you want to come Talk to us and we'll go out for lunch together. Everybody's welcome, including kids. You know, and when we use our gifts, when we serve, when we work hard, all of those things, that's worshipping God. There's being baptised in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, using our spiritual gifts of, of teaching, of prophecy, all of those things, that's worshipping God. Our music, we get to sing praise and worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But it can't be just our focus that we're just going to come and we're just going to sing and that's my worship done for the week. And I'm just going to go home and not worry about anything else. You know, it's not just bright lights and loud noise and lots of musicians. We can worship at any time if we choose. You know, and through our faith, when we look again at, at who God is, when we face our Goliath head on and slay that thing, when we shine our light, that's worshipping God because we are doing what he has called us to do. You know, being here on a Sunday morning is part of the process. Like, this is an integral part because we come together as the body of Christ. But it doesn't just stop when we leave those, four, uh, leave those doors. It doesn't stop there. Worship is a lifestyle. The part before be transformed tells us to not conform to the pattern of the world. And that's key to this whole thing. If we're going to be transformed, we've got to get away 
from what the world is. You see, church, ultimately what we worship will eventually show through our words and attitudes and our reactions to situations and people and what choices we make in public and in private. Boys are going to put up Colossians 4, uh, 5 and 6. And so they say, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And I share that one not because, you know, in and of ourselves we can do that, but when we put ourselves in a position to be transformed, we can do that. You know, think about it. What do your reactions to the kids being noisy look like? What do you do when a driver cuts you off in traffic? I'm a shocker and I'm not even the one driving. (laughs) Em's driving and I'm the one that often will try and lean across and toot the horn, you know? And it's it's really bad because we've got a Bayside Church sticker on the back of the car too, which, so, you know, Lord, I repent of that. I repent. I'm a shocker. I admit it. But, you know, do you meet someone's negativity with your own back? Do we let anxiety and depression and fear rule over our lives? Do we live with anger instead of forgiveness? Do we live with resentment instead of love? You know, the first response that we initiate is a great indicator of what's in our heart. The first confession out of our mouth is a good indicator of the revelation that we carry. What we do is important. What we say is important. What we think is important. But who we are is more important. What do our actions convey? You know, God equips us that when we are based in His love and our soul is fixated on Him, there is nothing in this world that can harm us, nothing that can destroy us, and nothing that can overcome us because God is in us and nothing is greater than God. Amen? The problem is, church, is that the world is so caught up in self-gratification and materialism. There's easy access to things that quickly become vices and drive wedges between us and God. And they hinder us being transformed. You know, worshipping the wrong things disrupts our path. And if we are going to be transformed, we need to not be slaves to the world and to the quick fix. Things like alcohol, pornography, gambling, money, sex, lying, lust, selfishness. list goes on. Chocolate, yes, chocolate can be bad at times, but, you know... It's not as bad as some of the others. Let's just go with that. <laughs> no, it is. When we're, putting that above, when we're putting that above God, it definitely is a bad thing, you know. These are the things that get in the way of us and God. They're the things that get in the way of us coming to church, of, of reading our Bible, of praying, of singing His praises. You know, they glorify the world and they lead to self-worship, which flows into self-destruction. We need to therefore be prepared to be humble and fall before God and to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, to let go of our old nature and be transformed to be more like Him. You know, I use this term a lot, but it's a line in the sand. To say, I'm not going to conform to the pattern of this world, but I'm going to be transformed by God. 
You know, something else coming up is the disciple course. Um, you may know it as Freedom in Christ, and we're running one here uh, starting on July the 16th. It's a Monday night, and it's going to run for eight or ten weeks on a Monday night. You know, Sean's here, who's one of the Australian directors of Freedom in Christ, and he's going to be here running it for us. So we're incredibly blessed to have Sean running that. But, you know, Em and I did this very course, this disciple course, last year, and we loved it. You know, it literally does bring that freedom. You're prioritizing God. You're being transformed because you're learning to let go of the things in your past that kind of hinder you from loving God fully. So I recommend, there's a sign-up sheet on the back table. If you want to explore that, do it. You know, and the thing is, is it requires us to be vulnerable and real with ourselves. And we need to do that. We need to do that if we are going to move past our sin and bondage to break free of mental, physical and spiritual captivity and so live sacrificially in order to worship him fully. You know, it allows us to commune with God and live as we were created to live. You know, we have so many tools at our disposal. It's up to us to choose to use them. You know, to speak his truth, to live in his love, to show his love to others. I use it like the analogy of a, of a plant. You, get, you make sure your soil's good, you dig a little hole, put your seed in, cover it up and make sure it gets sun and water so that it grows and grows and grows and the appropriate nutrients. And this applies to us. We've, first and foremost, we need to repent and have that clean slate to know that our heart and our mind and our soul is good soil that God can use. But then we need to actually feed the seed that he puts inside of us. We've got to spend time in the Word, spend time in prayer, spend time around people. You know, we've got to actively choose to follow Him and to grow that thing that is inside of us so that we can impact all the people around us. You know, we need to understand why we need to make such a concerted effort and conscious choice to be transformed and live a lifestyle of worship. And in verse 1 it says, In view of His mercy. So in view of the sacrifice Jesus made when he died on the cross for all of us, in view of that, we're asked to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. In everything we do, we need to present that as a sacrifice, which is our true and proper and spiritual act of worship. Repent, surrender, live in submission and obedience. Be transformed. And our God is worthy of worship. You know, at the start, I got you to share what God has been doing in your life or speaking to you. That's just the tip of the iceberg of things that we can do to worship God. You know, before all of that, Jesus was the vessel in which God the Father showed us his mercy and his grace and his unending love through what he endured. You know, Matthew 16, 24 to 25, Jesus says to take up our cross and follow him. You know, we die to ourselves, we die to the, the patterns of this world and choose to be transformed by what Jesus did and by who he is. Jesus died so that we had the chance to enter into God's eternal kingdom with him. He's worthy of worship. You know, when we love and know God, we can be content and confident in the fact that he is good and that he is in control and he is worthy of our worship. So what does this lifestyle of worship look like? Can I get the band to come up, please? To go back to the earlier definition, 
It's living with extravagant love and extreme submission. And Jesus modeled that extreme submission. So much so he went to his death for us. And in the lead up, he asked his father to remove the cup, but finished with this. Not my will, but your will be done. Living a worship lifestyle church is seeking to live his will for our lives over our own. And verse 2 of Romans 12 shows that. Then, once transformed and mind renewed, you will be able to test and approve God's will. The more we allow ourselves to be transformed every day and in every situation, the better we understand the Father and His will. From this place, we can set captives free. We can see people healed. We can see people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We can experience breakthrough. We can do the greater things that Jesus says we can do in Scripture. So church, to live a worship lifestyle, it's simply being surrendered to the Father and His will and imitating His Son in the way we think, the way we speak, the way we act. We need to choose to be transformed and not to be a slave to the things of the world. It's radical, but it's worship. As Joshua ended his letter in Joshua 24, verse 15, he says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That needs to be our heart's cry. So we're now going to go into a time of worship. The band are going to sing. And feel free to express this however you want. You can sing, you can sit, you can stand, you can lie down, you can write, you can do whatever it is. And if you'd like prayer, maybe you're struggling with the whole being transformed thing or you're needing some freedom from the things of the world that are beating you down. Maybe you just want somebody to stand with you. Maybe you want to spend some time in His presence and to be filled afresh with His Spirit. If you want prayer for any of those things or anything else, just come. You know, there's a bunch of us here who would love to stand with you and pray with you. If you just want to worship, then worship. If you want prayer, come forward. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are an amazing God. We thank you that you give us the tools to be transformed and be more like you. And so this day, Father God, we just say, come. We're going to worship you. Minister to us, speak to us, be here with us. In Jesus' name, amen.